remind me not to push record whilst I am um, chewing food out of it. I'll do that next time. Next time. Well, Hi everyone. Look, who we're, look who we're joined by, Abby. What what have we done to deserve such company here on a Monday morning? Oh, oh, hello. I saw you. I saw all three of your beautiful faces, and I wanted to come say hello. It's like we spoke Yay. the name, and we, it's like we spoke your name, and you appeared. So I need to know to do that more often. Yeah, I. Well, I didn't know you spoke is, my name. Is, uh... I just saw you were alive. <laughs> This we is just... uh, episode seven, and I was just saying it's lucky number seven, and I was convinced that, you know, we were going to have some collaborators today, and here we are. Look at this screen. Whoop, whoop. Good. So Very this exciting. is uh, so Jonathan and Jason, <laughs> what, what Abby and I have been doing for the last seven months is uh, monthly podcasts, live podcast recordings, all around the topic of community community conversation so we've been moralizing upon what is community what does it mean to us how do we build it how do we create it how do we find it um so yeah this is a, an extension of one of those cool conversations and so we're going to love to hear your perspectives on community but it's just good to see your faces you two yeah look at that oh that's made my day that's brilliant i'm excited it's gonna well, be some good energy good you guys' faces and abby Last weekend, when I was in New York, um, yeah. I was talking about you a lot, and I'm gonna, oh. yes, because I'm gonna, I'm gonna send you some stuff. I have started enjoying taking pictures on my iPhone. Hey, love and that. I believe I'm, I'm starting. I'm, I'm nowhere near Abby level, but, <laughs> but I'm, I'm gonna to send start you some somewhere. pictures. Yeah, I'm Please, a, I'm gonna get that'd be amazing. And I guess that's just like a little bit of the impact of community, isn't it? Right. In the fact that we've come together over various conversations and sharing information and photographs. And then you were able to bring that into play while you were away on your family vacation. I think that's, you know, that's just another one of those little branches that comes off community and how we can go about impacting one another. So that's yeah, that's really cool really cool yeah. but yes please do send those to me that would be amazing Love yeah that. i was like i took one and i was like oh abby would appreciate this <laughs> <laughs> yeah i love it but and especially you're in is... new york as well my favorite places what i want to see is behind places. the scenes because i've seen the way that abby gets the full body positions and like she's she's not just like standing <laughs> and pointing like she's getting so I need to see Jonathan behind the scenes, you know, Jonathan, the photographer, where he's laying down, getting all the shots. Yeah, the angles. The angles. Yeah. Holding my phone upside down and like crunched down in a corner. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, that is great. That is great. <laughs> so today, one of the things that... Uh, Ryan and I have spoken about and we were keen to kind of mention um, around community and how community support one another is that of um, a video that's gone viral uh, definitely here in this country from um, Norwich City Football Club around mental health awareness and not so much the content of the video but just about how a community and especially like I guess a sports community can come together and sort of highlight such a topic um but also uh, 
how this particular community itself rallies around one another when in times of need I suppose and I guess it's not to talk about them in particular but maybe to talk about some of your own experiences I know Jonathan you coach as well don't you for your kiddos and things like that so you'd be able to kind of bring something to this I'm absolutely sure of um how these community um okay so the story of the video focuses up you have to go and watch it as well but uh it focuses up very closely yeah of two guys in the crowd at a football match soccer match sorry and uh and it talks about how one of them is not feeling their best selves and how they keep sort of like showing up within this community space um and how we go about recognizing or not being able to necessarily recognize Mm. the signs of someone who is struggling uh there's a bit of a twist to the the film itself which i'll leave you to um discover uh but it's very much you can still see how the people around them uh are a part of it or are affected by it and so on and so forth um and i just think it was a really interesting way particularly for a sports community to highlight this particular issue um and just to to have this awareness as to how community is not is just not this one thing it's not this one place it's not one set of people it comes in all kind of guises and we just have to I think embrace what that means wherever we go so I guess it does in a way come down to the individual but to collectively you know we uh we have this impact wherever we go and I, I wonder in your experiences how you've seen community come together maybe within those kind of environments and as you are three guys here as well um there was obviously a focus on it being particularly on men and men coming forward and men speaking up and men feeling comfortable to to talk whether you perhaps find there are um situations or spaces that you are more comfortable to show up in than others and how we maybe might facilitate that a bit more here in a way better than yesterday. So yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot there. But if maybe you could share some of your experiences within what communities you feel you are able to show up in as your most vulnerable self, and then maybe some ways that you think generally others can provide these spaces, that would be really, 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 really useful, I think. So I'll, I'll hand it over. He wants to go first. <laughs> yeah, if, if, if it's the video that I'm thinking of um, where one of the gentlemen is like really into the game, jumping up and down, and then the mm-hmm. other guy is kind of just real reserved. Yes. Um, yeah, at the end of the video, I was just blown because I would have thought it would have been flip-flopped, right? Uh, and, it, mm. and, imme- and immediately, I went to like Robin Williams, right? Um uh, that somebody who's so full of life, so energetic that often sometimes we put this mask on because we're hurting inside. And, and and that's what, that's what I took away from that video, uh, which there's, Mm. there's a ton to unpack there um, in that video. Um, But when it comes to community, 
I just think that we, we just, we do need to have more real conversations, connect, check in with each other. Um, you know, one of my favorite questions is how are you doing? Right. Um, it's a simple question. And, and a lot of people are, are, you know, when you think about, and I, I think a lot about, you know, the workplace in my environment. And, and that's an uncomfortable question. I always tell leaders that you don't have to be a psychiatrist, but if you can help somebody identify and allow them to just release something and just listen. And then of course there's resources for stuff, right? Like we, we can help somebody in the right direction or just be present and just let them know that, Hey, we're, I hear you. I see you because I think that that's, that's huge. Just being here, heard and seen. It's a big deal. You know, this is going to be probably a little controversial here. Um, I think part of the reason why we've gotten to a place to where we feel like we even need the professional services of mental health psychiatry, therapy, and all of those things is one, we've gotten to a point to where we're so self-focused on our own lives and on our own things that we have going on that we've forgotten that one of the biggest part of community is connection and being connected to one another. And, and because it's now become such a big thing, we oftentimes don't step into things. It's, it's, if you've ever heard of the Kruger-Dunning uh, curve, it's this, we don't have confidence because we don't have competence or knowledge. And so because we don't feel like we're competent enough to help people through their problems, because now our problems have seemingly become so big, we don't have the confidence to step in and ask questions because what if we don't know how to help someone? What if we don't? And oftentimes it's not about, it's not necessarily about knowing how to help someone through whatever problem it is. It's something that Ryan, I think you've always done really well is just be present. And, you know, <laughs> taking it from a, you know, Abby, you mentioned being a coach, um, what I've realized in my life is, is that coaching was what I was meant to do in, in my life and getting to learn that through coaching young people. And, you know, the, the, this past Saturday had a full day of softball tournaments with young ladies anywhere between 11 years old and 13 years old. And, you know, some new girls that were picking up on our team that hadn't played with us before and a new group of parents. And one of the things that I tell our team is even when we're out on the field and it doesn't matter if you're out on a, on a softball diamond or out on the pitch or out on a football field, whatever it is, communication keeps us connected. And so on a field with a team, the more we communicate, the more we talk to each other, the more we stay connected and allow us to move together as a team. It allows us to know 
what the other is doing, where they're going, where we should go with the ball, whatever that is. And the more we communicate, the more we stay together. We become we become one versus on a softball field, on a, on the diamond, nine different individual players. And you know, I think that's one of the things when we look at community. It's how are we staying connected as a community? Are we communicating with each other in a way that drives connection? And Jason, something you said. I love asking people how they're doing, but I have a follow-up question to that that I always ask. And this is a question that you can ask anyone. So when you ask them, hey, how are you doing? Most of the time, the first answer you're going to get is going to be a very surface level question, uh, very surface level answer. So the next question I always ask is, but how are you really doing? And just that leaning in, just that little bit of that question, all of a sudden, you'll see them. It's almost like they have a weight lifted off their shoulder because mm. they'll go. Yeah. And then they'll really share what's going on. Mm -hmm. It's that pressing in just a little bit more. And I think regardless of the, the environment we're in, our ability to stay connected is just a willingness to ask the second question. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's the, that's the thing. For, I love what you've just said. And I think that's, that's the thing with this video clip is that the thing that kind of really gets me is like what Jason said, Oh, you know, here is the image of Robin Williams. This is what depression looks like. No, it's not. I don't think that's what depression looks like. I think that's what depression looks like when it's hidden. It's that, that like Jonathan, it's the mask. So I, I think it really does confuse us as human beings because I think we're so biologically and sense wired to pick up on suffering of other human beings, right? But what we've got to a point is where we've got an internal world and an external world. So in this environment where this video is showing a footy clip, there's so many missed opportunities for that next level conversation. If we just slowed down, ask the question and ask that second, how are you really? Because the first one is like, oh, you know, how's week? You know, this and that. And, and they come and go. And there's many different seasons. There's many different games, many different opportunities to get to know someone on a deeper level. But it always remained at a surface level. And I think what happens is sometimes we think whether it whether this is a conscious thought or not, it's like, I don't know what people think of me. I don't want to be vulnerable. I don't want to be seen as weak. I don't want to burden somebody else. Whatever those inner dialogues are, something prevents as, a, as it presents as a barrier and I think what that, how are you really, it's almost like you have full permission to take that mask off and I will, and I will hold space for you. I want to hear the answer to your next question. I give you full permission just to be real in this moment. And I, and I think that's what we're all seeking is what we're all after is that deeper, deeper connection. And it, and it requires the second question. Well, Ryan, one of and I'm about to take my my daughter to school here. But one of the things that, you know, my family has battled with depression. Um, my mom suffered from from debilitating depression for a long time. I've battled depression. And one of the things that I've found was any time that I've been, you know, there's there's a difference between personality and mentality. 
And our personality often can show up regardless of what our mentality is. And with what I've seen with depression and, and those types of things. And again, this, this probably isn't, isn't, you know, um, accurate according to medical stuff. I don't know, but oftentimes when we're, when we're suffering, we're suffering this mental battle and the whole focus is on ourselves. What's going to happen to us? What if we let people down? What, what if they really discover who I am? What, what if they'd be better off without me? We, it's this, it's this focus on self and lack and what we don't have, what we're not capable of doing, what we're going to screw up this whole fear, lack and worry. And the, for me, the, the biggest way that we make a dent in this is we start considering and thinking of others more than we think of ourselves. And when we do that and we think of other people and it oftentimes removes us from this spiral of negative self-talk and thought. And for those moments when our focus is on serving other people, um, we get to step out of that a little bit. And I think it's the more we're willing to step out and show people that we actually care the more freedom that they're given to feel like it's okay to share. Yeah. I think Gandhi says, lose yourself in the service of others. But I think some people do quite literally lose themselves in the service of others. How do we find that balance where actually I discover more about my work, my value and the gifts and skills and the talents that I have in the service of other people? How do I keep it more healthy rather than completely losing my identity in the yeah. service of others? Well, and the question is, <clears throat> are you, if that's the scenario, are you really being in service of others or are you operating from a position of pleasing people? Because <laughs> if you're operating in a position of pleasing people, mm -hmm. then that's a pretty hard place to, to be. And it's a very draining and lonely place to be because you're, there's, it's, it's not about serving. It's about pleasing. And those are two different, totally different things. Mm. Mm. At this point, I just want to welcome Katerina. Good to see you, Katerina. <laughs> Katerina is connecting to audio. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hi, Good to see you guys. I'm, I'm battling a massive echo. I don't know what to do with my Zoom setting. So apologies if I looked a bit confused. Yeah, no worries at all. Um, I just kind of wanted to bring it, bring it back. I think we've had some really nice conversation to this idea then of community. I think I'm, I'm trying to understand as I move along and move through this role, what are these building blocks to community and I think we've touched on a few here today specifically in terms of it being connection communicating and service to others and I'm just wondering if there's any others that really immediately stand out to you that would also be like a non-negotiable in a, like a building block to community yeah I'd like to 
I'd like to step in. Um, I love this. I I love this conversation. Um, I love what Jonathan said and, and Ryan, you know, just Jonathan said uh, that it's really about connection and communication. And, you know, this week, and so in the topic is very heavy and there's probably some people listening that feel some stuff, but really don't know what steps to take. So Abby, the fact that you said, what are some building blocks? Let me just, I want to tell you about an experience this weekend I had with my daughter. Uh, I put her in the, in the driver's seat for the first time. She just got her permit and, um, and we were in the car and I, you know, after we buckled in, I, I was explaining to her what all the stuff was in front of her, right? The turn signal, the, the hazard signal, right? And I told her, I said, your, this vehicle is an extension of you. When you get out on that road, you're going to be part of other vehicles on that road. And the, the lights, the horn, the blinkers, the hazards are not for you. They're for you to communicate with those around you so they are aware of what you're doing. And, you know, and so I, I just when we're talking, when I heard Jonathan talk and, and then and then Ryan added a few things, it just made me think. And then you said, what are the building blocks? Right. I mean, that's what it is. And how do we get better at using our turn signals, using our hazard signal, using our lights mm-hmm. right in the dark? You know, those things are so, so important for us to operate as a community and function. And so, you know, if you're in your car listening, think about that. You're getting ready to change a lane. You're slowing down. You know, we were, I was with my daughter and this actual happened, right? First time behind the vehicle, this dog ran out in front of her. And I was just telling her 30 minutes earlier, if you have to slow down, you know, let people know behind you. And so we, I reached over and hit the hazard button for her because I'm trying to model that and coach her. And, and it was just, mm. it was cool that there was a scenario where it happened, but it's so simple and yet so complex. Mm. Yeah. I, I love metaphors and stories. And mm. one of the, um, one of the things that I was thinking about when you said that, because you're talking about all this oneness, you're bringing it all together into one, one extension yeah. of, and it reminded me of the conversation with Bruce Lipton that says, we are a community. We are a community of 50 trillion cells. You know, mm-hmm. we, we, our, our makeup is completely made, you know, our existence feels like we are one voice in our head talking wherever that's coming from. Right. But it, we're in reality, we're a, we're a community of 50 trillion cells. And then the conversation with Richard Rudd talked about how our next phase of evolution as human beings is what he calls synarchy, which means ultimately that 50 trillion cells coming together as one is 8 billion people coming together as one, which is what we said before, right? Community mm. to be yeah, with as one, as yeah. one community. Yep. That's it. Completed it. Thanks for listening. Oh, yeah, we're done. Okay. <laughs> Mic drop. But there's, no, want... there's no rule. I can drop my but pencil. There we go. <laughs> just, just to connect all the conversations then, to be together yeah. as one, what it means is that we find our identity as part of the one. And in mm. finding our identity as part of the one, there is there is none like me, but there are 8 billion similar. You know, and, it, and it's that humility responsibility paradox, which is like, um, and that's the thing what kind of Jonathan's saying is that you find yourself in the service of other people, right? 
Mm. Where you find yourself when you place yourself in the mosaic of 8 billion people. Because you figure out, well, what is it that I've got? What size piece of puzzle am I? Am I part of the sky? Am I part of the the foreground? Am I an edge? Like you start to realize the context of your own piece when you place yourself in the puzzle. It's also made me realize. Until we put ourselves there. Yeah, it's also made me realise actually in this moment, obviously I'm, I'm very much in high praise of these communities and like the support that they've put out this week with this video and stuff. But equally, it's just dawned on me with what we're saying that I can see how people do get lost as well in that right. and how we end up in these situations because, yes. well, who who am I in this bigger community you know if you are trying to you know if you can't see yourself as being whole or as part of something then so okay well then where do I sit in this um I don't know where I'm really leading with the conversation well, uh, other than to just give it a, a little different but we've um, also we've had spin. some of those conversations with people like Katerina people like Layla who maybe and particularly with you Jason as well coming from a military family where that community has been more transient where Mm -hmm. your sense of home may be not where and and I I wonder how kind of you you reflect on that Katerina is the if if so much of a community is about belonging what's it like being part of a community where that doesn't feel present I for me it it means finding myself first, being yes. my own. I think that's where people get lost because they don't know themselves who they are. Then it's easy to look to others, look around, to want to fit with, you know, mm. somewhere. So for me, it was physically. So I was um, born in what was then Czechoslovakia. And when I was uh, 20 something, can't remember too long ago <laughs> I followed um my, my husband well who then became my husband I never planned to uh live in a different country I was never one of those people who traveled and so I really had to uproot myself it was very difficult I literally uprooted myself and had to plant my roots again it took a very long time for me mm. um yeah so it starts for me personally. I, in terms of like, if you look at it as stages, I first had to find my own home to then actually be in a position that I can start to serve others and and find my community. It's interesting, isn't it? Because you talked about how sometimes the culture and the environment can shape. If you don't know who you are yourself, then because that's the exact message of Gordon Newfeld of hold on to your kids message which is that if we don't teach our kids who they are culture will teach them youtube will teach them tiktok will teach them so i think your advice there katarina is spot on is that we've got first connect with self got first understand self understand and this is what we mean by heart set right values what matters to us what do we care about what are our gifts our skills our talents because once we then get clear on all those things we start to think well where can i place that Where's that going to be useful to add value? I heard someone say that belonging is like I get to add value and feel valued for the value that I add. There's a lot of values, right? I get to add value, but also feel valued for the value that I add. 
Yeah. And I'm going to, you know, Ryan, I love to just keep it simple. Um, I'm going to go back to the traffic thing, the, the V being in a vehicle. If, you know, traffic jams are actually a result of aggressive or negative behavior. And it's because people tailgate and then the person in front of them is not moving fast enough and they hit their brakes. And then, but everybody starts hitting their brakes behind them because we're moving. So when you have, when you're in a community and you show a little kindness and you back off, somebody needs to get over, you back off, let them in, the traffic flows, right? It really does. It, it starts to get in a negative space when people are being aggressive and selfish in a way that I am better than you. It, I need to, you know, advance my vehicle because my time is more important than yours. And that space is important to me. And so all these things, when you're in this community of just driving your vehicle, <laughs> you know, using your signals and showing a little kindness, it flows so much better. Mm. It starts with awareness, I think, Jason. So before you can be kind, you need to be aware of, obviously, yourself, your surrounding and, and everyone else. Oh, 100 percent, Katarina. It's 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 self-awareness and then self-management. Right. Mm -hmm. And then and then social awareness and then relationships. Yeah. So, Abby, you're going to meet a community member in a different country. Like, what do you expect? Like, how do you think that like, when you go into this, you know, you're going to meet someone that you yeah. you know, but you don't really like. Yeah. You're part of the community. Like, what, what, what do you, what are you kind of thinking I, in anticipation? I think it, yeah, I think it's coming back to what Katrina said is that I'm confident that I can show up as myself in it in any of these situations, but particularly this situation, uh, and and know and I'm aware of what I bring to the conversation to the space that that energies and conversation and, and every, everything else will just kind of flow. I have no, have no concerns whatsoever that myself and this other person are not going to get on in each other's physical company. You know, we've kind of, we've obviously met through the community online and had conversations and, and everything else. And I just think if anything, bringing it in person just enhances that experience for for all involved I, th I think that's just sort of my opinion but I think yeah having an understanding of myself and knowing who I am and what I bring to it leaves space for like we say the miracles or whatever to just appear and happen and I, I like to think I, I take that into to most spaces these days <laughs> Uh, final conversation before we wrap up, I think. Should we reserve it for this book? We talk about Nourished a little bit. Do you want to give the idea and the premise of what this book's all about and who it's written by and why you love it so much, Abby? Oh, yeah. We've, uh, so Dr. Deborah McNamara, McNamara uh, has written this fantastic book, in my opinion, called Nourished. Uh, a lot of her research uh, is into like sort of early years and childhood eating habits and how that is impacted within the home and spaces that we we share with one another so 
Uh, and it's all about kind of bringing everyone together around a table with good food and connection and conversation and how we can facilitate that. Um, and she has some really good examples of where it works really well and where it's not worked so well and things that we can do and change. And um, I'm still working my way through it, but it's really inspiring me to kind of uh, look at what my experiences were as a child with food and coming to a table, um, what influences there were around me that impacted on that, how that might then be different for, say, like my ex-husband and how we parent our children in that way um and all influences really with like my parents and how they invite people to the table and that's that's one of the key things is is how you are invited to a space how you are asked to come and join join in with the the connection and the food and that the food is just a vehicle really it's actually not that important in the grand scheme of it all what's important is that we're carving out this this time and these places for this connection to to happen and another sort of part of her her research or has been around like children and fussy eating and actually they're not really fussy eaters it's just got to be done in in the right conditions and uh, so, yeah, it's very much helping me understand how I come to this, um, how I come to this, what what experiences have, have influenced me, why I desire to have this connection around a table so much, why my children might not so much, and also other influences like, for example, they don't always eat that well at school. And it was just previous to this kind of, new knowledge it was about um thinking well, well why aren't they why aren't they packing why aren't they eating food that I'm packing them every day but there's a lot more to it it's not just the food um and that's the really fun thing to explore which I urge everyone to go and read and I'm really excited to hear when she comes on the podcast uh very soon to, to hear her thoughts in person yeah it'd be fantastic um, but yeah, this in itself extends to community as well. It's like, how do we invite people into the community? How can we make this accessible to them from where they are, I guess, and their understanding and their knowledge? Um, yeah, so there are going to be lots of things that I think we can we can yeah. utilise. <clears throat> One of my, I opened it on a random page last night as I was preparing to interview Deborah on Wednesday, and it just said this. It said, no greater impact on a child's development than inviting them to rest in our care when it comes to food and relationship. And mm. I think there's so much there around anchored relationships, connections, attachment. And, I, and, I, and I'm going to explore the topic of leadership when it, you know, because the amount of people that are not taking lunch breaks, they're, they're working through their lunch breaks, they're probably nervous systems are engaged, they've probably got symptoms of IBS or all sorts of stuff because their nervous system's actively engaged without properly nourishing themselves but also the work mm. the wonderful thing that happens as work colleagues bond over lunch together that's one of the big things i miss is um just that time that we would spend together as as colleagues just uh, you know mm. i'm not sure what they would say in america chew, chew, chewing chewing the grass i don't know just just <laughs> <laughs> 
chewing the curd, whatever it is. And it? it's just like, <laughs> just like chatting rubbish over over your lunch. Mm-hmm. Like that's how you yeah. deeply connect with other people because it's not about the task at hand. No, so the idea is being that you could put any food really in front of down on the table. You know, people are going to start to inquire about it after a while once they're feeling safe, once they're feeling seen, heard, all the things that we know and understand for feeling connected. They've got to be present in all of these situations in order for people to to want to eat and want to nourish themselves. Yeah. Imagine if you work for a company called Canteen and you could do something about it's this called... in workplaces all around the com- all, all around the country. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I haven't read the book, but it, you held it up and it said nourish and there's some carrots on the cover. And I immediately went, I immediately went to the garden. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, and I think, you know, Ryan, you talk about this, you, you, you create a, a greenhouse for this community. Yeah. And as, as you go out into the garden and you, in, in, you know, Abby, you even said, talking about relationships, you even talked about, um, you know, the, uh, the environment, the conditions, uh, that all that stuff matters. And <laughs> I mean, to get the carrots in the first place, right? The work and the time and the nurturing and the conditions and the constant work you put in so that you can sit around the table and enjoy all of that together as, as humans. Mm. Yeah. Should we uh should we start to wrap up? Yeah. I have to Love say that. that just one thing is that I would also need this space to be okay for me to not not be there. Like I when I think back to my work um you know times in the office, lunchtime was the only time I could get away from all those people. <laughs> <laughs> I was and I just craved silence i used to go to the graveyard across the road and just be just be just be me just in silence so maybe it is you know goes back to the culture obviously but yeah just leave space that it's okay not to be at the table as well (laughs) well that's intimate self-awareness isn't it it's understanding you know i remember listening to a podcast with a c is i think it was on the tim ferris podcast or something like that and this guy was a ceo of two companies he was so deeply introverted he knew that he had to book out half an hour before and after every single meeting so that he could give his best and be most present for that game time. And that, and that's kind of what it means, isn't it? I don't, yeah, obviously permission not to be at the table, but not when it's game time, not when it matters most, not when it's family connection time or team connection time. It's do what you need to do to prepare yourself for the inevitability, which is <laughs> bring all of yourself, leave none behind. Love it. Uh, Katarina, do you have any Thank final you. comments or questions? No, I'm glad I jumped on. It just popped up. I said, I'll have a look, you know, I'll, I'll come in, have a, have a little nosy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's great. I, I, Yeah, the little bit that I've joined is, is really good. So we do this once a month, don't we, Abby? The, <laughs> uh, the Community Connections, this podcast, I think Abby's free. Yes. Oh, there she is. Yeah, hopefully next month I'll I'll shout about it a little more, but it'd be really fantastic if we have some more people that want to come and collaborate with us on these conversations. That'd be excellent. So you're, if you so know of anyone you think I you want to recommend. Oh, sorry, I think I'm a little yeah, bit absolutely. delayed on you. Oh. Yeah, so if um yeah, I'm gonna go and have a little look around, but if anyone wants to recommend anyone, that would be fantastic. 
So we're looking for community leaders and we want to talk community with them, figure out what's mm. working for them, how they're doing it, uh, mm. anything that they could, any hints, tips and tricks for us to create community, find community and uh, keep sharing and inviting people into community. And uh, Jason, thank you for your, and, and this is another thing about community, right? So I interviewed uh, Michael Gervais, he's on the podcast this week. <clears throat> and one of the things he said about the process and the path of mastery is that we can't ever do it on our own. Like, mm. if you want to be a master mm. at something, you need to you need you need someone uh, to learn from, to be coached from, to be to be taught. Or dare I say, an opponent to inspire you to get better, to improve. You know, mm. this is the whole thing about um, what Simon Sinek found with a uh, is it a worthy rival or something like that? How you know uh, Nadal and Federer made each other better. How Messi and Ronaldo made each other better. Because of the competition, it revealed bits in them. So even if you are the most competitive person in the world, having a, a worthy rival or an adversary, actually, <laughs> you're not self-made, my friend. Yeah, so <laughs> true. Good net. So we all need each other. I'm sure I was going to make... Oh, that's the thing. Uh, so Stuart Lancaster, in, in his podcast, he was the England head rugby coach in 2015, right? At the start of the Rugby World Cup camp, what Stuart did is he got people um, who had impacted every single one of their players' lives, from grassroots rugby, kit people, boots and community coaches, people throughout their entire journey to becoming someone who represents England at the World Cup. And what Stuart was emphasising is that you're a product of these many interactions mm. you do you stand here not as your individual but you're doing it for all of them they all got you here and it's just like oh what a deeper sense of connection and responsibility rather than the egoic look at me i'm now in england oh. yeah there's so many layers there yeah imagine if you did that for your new employees <laughs> let's take your primary <laughs> teacher let's take your parents no i'm joking but let's not do that yeah. <laughs> Do you want to wrap up, Abby? Yeah, it's been really amazing. We've touched on lots of things today, and I'm really excited about how coming back to the building blocks that we're building up some words and things that we can use that actually give us this idea of what community really is. So, yeah, looking forward to building on those more and more. Happy days. Thank you, Thank Abby. You so Thank much. You everyone Jason, have a great start to your week, mate. Great to see your face. You guys do the same. Love you. Yeah, that's so. Take care, guys. Lots of love. Bye. Safe travels, Abby. <laughs>